I'm Chad Rutherland. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And welcome to No Clip Pocket. Live in your world. Play in ours. Today, we're going to be talking about Accounting Plus, which was developed by Crows, 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 and Squanch Games, and was released in 2018. Uh, We played the PlayStation VR version of this game, but it also was released uh, a little bit after its initial release uh, on PC and probably some other weird VR platforms that nobody knows anything about. And by no one, I mean just not us. <laughs> Labo port pending. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, but uh, mm, I don't know how to describe Accounting Plus as far as like a genre goes. It falls into that like VR tech demo world. Yeah, I've heard it described as uh, an escape room puzzle game. I'll count experience. it. Experience, yeah. <laughs> but no, you're right. It is more of it, one of the air quotes, VR experiences. It's max. You could probably get an hour and a half out of it in (laughs) Uh, one playthrough. It depends on how much you stop and look at stuff. Right, and how many different things that you try. As far as, like, puzzles go, there's not really a whole lot of, like, meat there to keep you going. Mm -hmm. Uh, The one thing that I wanted to to bring up was that on the Derasine episode, we talked about how, go listen to the Derasine episode, by the way, uh, about how the VR in that game versus in a lot of other games, uh, JJ in particular, he's not really here to defend himself on this one, but said uh, that he said that the limiting factors of VR made moving around in, like, a space seem really difficult and not really engaging. Clunky. Yeah, and this game is what he kind of described as being in the strengths of VR, where it is you stand in one location and interact with things around you. I would say I kind of agree with that. Yeah, I you can jump to a couple of different points, usually, in any given space any given room you're Mm in uh but you are largely just kind of standing in one spot and looking around and seeing what you can interact with um it also gets around the disembodied hands thing by just making them cursors uh and which i think actually is way better like i find myself not thinking about it nearly as much when they aren't like representations of actual human hands right like he just human human hands yeah they become like a controller where like i kind of forget about them which is weird because you wouldn't think that because it's so at at first it's like so weird and kitschy but and it just kind of that fades away so I, i have to give it props for that yeah i mean i can agree with that i think uh i didn't because I never really noticed the human hands mm. being super distracting, yeah. except in a few instances. There's a huge eyesore for me. But I did notice, I wanted to make note and ask about that this time around, because I was as I was watching you, I was like, oh yeah, these are the big cursors and shit, which I didn't even really remember. Yeah. So It's I, one of the things I remember the most about this game, actually. <laughs> the, for whatever reason... The the motion control VR hands are a big sticking point for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, also notable in this game, you have like way more. And this is I'm comparing this to Darius which isn't really like 
good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really, in comparison to most VR games that put you in an actual space, there's a lot more here that you can interact with, even if most of them are just sort of like simple physics objects. But it makes it feel like a lot more interactive. It feels like an actual space because you can pick anything up and, and throw it around and move it and whatever. Yeah, uh, most things can be interacted with. I don't think it's literally everything, but it's a, it's enough of the things that you would think to grab. Yeah, it's uh, anything that's like a handheld object. Like, you're not pushing bookcases out of the way, but you can pick the books up off the shelf. Right. Um, uh, one thing that this game manages to do that we kind of complained about in Deracina is that it does not put a highlight around objects that you can pick up. Mm. And I think that I did remember thinking that wasn't that big of a deal when we recorded the episode, like JJ made that uh, observation, but then playing through this, I, I, I do, it does feel a lot better that um, you can just pick up anything and there's no like kind of prompt or glowy outline that indicates it's a thing you can pick up. Uh, and I think this game's able to get away with it because it's got, like, smaller, more tightly controlled areas. But, like, I definitely think that adds more to, the, like, the game feel than I would have expected. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. But the other thing is that putting the outline around things that are interactable really kind of fucks with, uh, like, the idea of it being, like, a puzzle game. Mm-hmm. Because if it highlights the objects that are important, it kind of does away with a lot of the actual thinking that you have to do. Mm-hmm. And so that, I don't know, I think it benefits it in that way as well. Um, whereas the Darcina highlight, like, a lot of things go into your inventory. It's more of an adventure game style using the correct inventory items on stuff type of interactions. Right. And we've been comparing this a lot to Deracine because that's uh, the other VR game we just talked about on the podcast, but they really couldn't be more different. No. Uh, This game is a comedy game, and it gets kind of meta. Uh, Even though VR is, like, brand new, it gets kind of, like, a little bit into the player psychology of it if you get into some of the secret areas. Sure. Uh, And for me, like, usually when I'm, like, by myself playing a game, it's really hard for, like, something to make me laugh, like, whether it be a book or a TV show or whatever, like, laugh out loud. But, like, this game, I think, is genuinely, like, that funny that... I never played it by myself, but I'll find myself thinking about the game later mm-hmm. by myself <laughs> and then laughing to myself. So, like, I think that's, like, a pretty impressive feat that it manages to be that funny. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it was co-created by people who are responsible for uh, Rick and Morty. Uh, Justin Roiland specifically did a lot of, of the, the voice acting and also the writing, and... It shows. Yeah. <laughs> Not only in the fact that the game makes oblique references to that in its own world, but in addition to all of that, the, uh, I don't know, like, Jesse Roiland's voice is one of those things that is just, like, absolutely unmistakable. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a voice actor. Like, that's his, like, career, like one of his job titles. Right. In addition to, like, you know, whatever, producer, writer, that kind of thing. But he really only has, like, three or four voices, maybe. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's got a very distinct way of speaking, mm-hmm. is, the, is, I think, the, the most identifying factor. Um, and it, that's a lot of 
his humor comes from that. Or maybe not a lot, but like enough of the way that it, he yeah, that, writes as well, like yeah. sort of bleeds into that. It's it's hard to differentiate like the character from what he would actually say mm-hmm. in a real situation. Yeah, like uh, the tree guy sounds exactly like Morty. Yeah, and not only that, but like they did a probably a good decision in the end but they made him sort of the focus of the advertising for this game Mm -hmm. and that's it's such a good trick because it's such a dumb character design all things (laughs) considered but he introduces you to the way that this game like is going to behave in a way that I, i can't imagine anything else that was still like representative advertising succeeding in yeah and the 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 first uh instance of the tree world um is really emblematic i think of the whole game where it's presenting you with these environments that you can interact with but it's constantly berating you with a distraction and i feel like that's kind of the the core of the game is just seeing how well you can like balance like (laughs) what am I supposed to pay attention to? Am I supposed to, you know, like, what's going on in your ability to, like, take in that information? Yeah, for even further than that, like, the... So you mentioned earlier that the game has sort of, like, a, a meta commentary to make about things, and it, it goes further than just that, because it's also the the whole concept of like this game from uh, like a top down perspective is the is the player going layers deep in vr by repeatedly putting on more and more vr goggles mm-hmm. and so there's this meta narrative element to it about vr but then on top of that is also just the like vr in vr literal meta concept that they have Mm -hmm. and so it's it's really hard to sort of like wrap your head around what the (laughs) fuck is happening half the time and that is entirely by design and i think succeeds pretty much all the way through yeah you know it feels almost like an inception parody kind of a thing i think they literally even bring up the movie inception during somebody's dialogue at some point and you can escape by killing yourself in certain levels uh, but yeah, you're always like going down layers or coming back layers out of the inner out of the VR realms. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, one of the main like sort of draw, like the reason that a lot of people know about this game is because of there's this underlying like ARG element that was put in, uh, into sort of like. It was put into the game in updates and then also has been talked about publicly, so there are a lot of people who have been kind of drawn in by all of this. And the game really sort of, like, uh, wants it to be a focus when you're replaying it, uh, where there's all there are all these people talking about like uh, the zoo level and then like you can do certain things in in the game they added items that let you get to new worlds and shit uh so all of that's basically a lie from what i've been told (laughs) (laughs) 
I my understanding of this is that they started this whole thing, put in a bunch of secret codes, and none of them go anywhere or do anything, and that is hysterical to me. Yeah, I, I, cause um, I got there's the the level where you're in the dungeon with the king of VR. Yeah, and you can find the yellow pill, which will take you to like the conspiracy. Uh, office you know with the the bulletin board with all the yarn right uh and with the character in the game who's obsessed with finding the zoo level or once again we're getting very meta there's someone in the game who's like talking about all the arg stuff and trying to find the level um and i i got i went to that level uh this most recent time playing it and just ran out all the dialogue like trying to see if i could figure anything out like how to advance from that level to something that did not involve taking the red or the blue pill but i was unsuccessful yeah there's that no like i i I honestly don't like i don't know i believe in my heart of hearts that there's just nothing there uh i i was uh kind of on the fence about it until this i just played through it and i'm like it really doesn't seem like there's anything there mm-hmm. it's just like I, I feel like it's almost just the cherry on top of how absolutely whacked out this game can be mm-hmm. and i do like that a lot i mean you know all the 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 rip the f's in the chats the big yeets <laughs> for all the people who spent a bunch of time trying to figure out all this stuff yeah but man uh i feel like if it were me on like the two-year anniversary of the game i'd like update it and put it in without telling anybody yeah and I, they just wait for how long it, it took somebody to find it after that because <laughs> I, I i love that um this has been ta- we've talked about this before and it's been talked about by plenty of other people that that feeling um of like being a kid on the playground again and talking about like rumors about secrets in video games like mm-hmm. it really gives you that feeling um in a way this is like a new way at least to me that's like unique to games by just like slapping it right in the game itself and having the characters <laughs> like wigging out about the actual real world things the developers said about there being secrets in the game and it yeah it really makes you want to look for it and like i have to applaud that sort of idea as well for the sake of back in the day uh there would be tons of times where you would like you would, you know, have your get into your parents' minivan and have them drive you to a friend's house where you would like sit there and play like Killer Instinct or something, mm-hmm. like just play play some video games together, and that was like a thing that kids did when they hung out. Right, and that's such not a thing anymore. Like I feel like a Is lot it? of people, I mean, maybe for kids, but oh, well. but the kids who did that have now grown right. up and a lot of games focus more on like the online experience. Right. So things where it's kind of like you're hanging out with your friends but you're both sitting in your own rooms miles and miles apart right. talking over Discord. Check out our new Discord by the way. <laughs> I'll link in the description. Uh, <laughs> um and 
you know, there's like that captures some semblance of it, but I feel like VR has this unique new opportunity to take to give that nostalgic feeling back to people because mm-hmm. I know like cuz I don't know I know maybe one or two other people who have a VR setup mm-hmm. and so you do get that experience of somebody coming over because they don't even have access to the thing. Right, to check it out. Yeah, and Accounting is one of the games that I've had a lot of people play because it's like a short experience. It's something that's like innately really funny. Mm-hmm. And so the the fact that there's stuff in there that makes you like want to be like, oh, what about this thing over here? What happens yeah, if you, you always, do this other thing? You always want to see if the new person you're showing it to is going to find something you haven't seen yet. Right. Yeah, dude. Uh, I definitely, you remember, like, it's just weird talking about this. It just made me think it's kind of off topic, but like just how much time you had as a kid and like, you just had like no (laughs) perspective for it because like you just like boot up a game and you'd spend like a couple hours just like trying to figure out if there was a way to get the Triforce and Ocarina of Time, you know, and that was like your whole evening, right? Just like, whatever, just boot up the game and (laughs) run around in it and do nothing. Uh, I wish I had that kind of time. <laughs> I know. I mean, you're, t- you're talking to somebody who's played Resident Evil Four cl- in like the 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 double digits number of times, mm-hmm. and like a lot of that was just like I know how to play this game. So rather than seek out any new experiences, I'll just play through it again. Well, no, I, the thing that that's certainly falls under this umbrella as well but like i don't know if you ever did this sort of thing but like i would just boot up a game and not even make any kind of progress in it like just play around in it trying to do shit i feel like like, the advent of of 3d games made me probably do that a couple of times for sure you just want to, like, be in the game world for a while. Yeah, just kind of run around the overworld. Yeah. This is what bring, hashtag bring overworlds back. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we can get back on topic now. It's enough reminiscing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, this is the Good Time Reminiscence podcast. Yes. That's all. Uh, I mean, as far as off topic goes, there's not really a game more apt to it than this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, every individual world is entirely removed from each other one for the most part. Yeah, they kind of some of them reference each other. Yeah, they they do talk about it. They also have to like potentially like keep the scope of what layer you're on as well because like the courtroom scene which references you killing the king of vr Mm -hmm. is on the same level as the king of vr one and the uh summoning satan and the bone zone are on the same level right uh so yeah it's a little it's a little whack it's a little wacky (laughs) for sure uh but even like in that same thing like I don't cancel this whole thought. I guess I don't. I don't know how to say anything about this without just being like, it's just insane. Yeah, I mean, it, it gets us. I love that it goes in like the. I don't know if I want to call it dark because it always uh, remains humorous, but it goes in like a, a darker direction if you go through one of the paths where I think you had to plant the seed in the tree world, and then when you make it back around to the tree world where uh it's on fire right you can p- 
pick a fruit off of the little uh, small tree that's grown in, and it's got a headset that you put on, and that takes you to this world where you're in a room with this, like, giant, long-limbed, like, creepy... Like, he almost gives me, like, bottom of the well to bring up Ocarina of Time again. Oh, right. You know, like, some kind of, like, weird, fleshy, bloody guy uh, who, like, he's, like, hunched over. He's, like, as big as the room, and he's got, like, a headset on. And he's talking about the game, like, and how much he loves it and how many times he's played it. Uh, And you're just kind of, like, in there, and you have to, like, take the headset from him. And it's just, like, super weird and creepy. Like, you do not expect that to happen. There are definitely a couple of things in this game that are just, like, very grotesque in a way that, like, mm, viewing it on a television is not the same thing as being in VR. No. Like, I watched uh, several people play this before I ever got the chance to play it myself, and everything looks a lot bigger mm-hmm. in the game. Like, all the characters, like, from your perspective are, like, way bigger than I was thinking from watching it. Other people play it, which was uh, which was weird. <laughs> I mean, that's, like, a, a, a thing with first-person games. I think that they, like, intentionally exploit that in VR, mm-hmm. where it feels like... Like, there's never a consistency in your character height, um, which, I mean, I guess makes sense. Characters are at the same height, but... Uh, in in accounting specifically, you seem very small. Yeah, and and it makes these char- like the king of VR was the first one that like you run into where it's just like this is like you're uncomfortably close <laughs> yeah. to this guy, and there's just turds all over the place. Yep. Yeah, you're in his weird dungeon. Yeah, his, his creepy weird. Yeah, yeah I, it definitely like creeps you out in certain ways, and I th- I like that. It takes advantage of the of the medium, uh, like put, putting weird and uncomfortable things right in your face. Right, and and it's it's like experimental, but I, like I think it it works. I like the result. Well, that's because I've played. Uh... Two examples that come to mind of other games that are explicitly going for horror are uh, that Rush of Blood, the the roller coaster shooty gun game, the Until Dawn tie-in, yeah, and uh, Killing Floor, the one that's the the like zombie wave based shooter from PC that got ported and now there's a VR version of it, mm-hmm. and both of those games go for these sort of like jump scares and things like impending approach yeah, those are more like action horror right and less survival horror <laughs> true but I, this isn't either of them no. this is a game about jokes and making poop jokes and fart jokes and dick <laughs> jokes predominantly yeah uh and this game has had much more effective sort of menacing moments because you're sitting in there where you there's no danger to the player character or to you and it's just skeeving you out the yeah. whole time uh, it, it does that I guess you could compare it to like Rick and Morty mm-hmm. uh, it, it has like that cartoony facade and it 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 layers the like creepy elements in there and deep enough that like you kind of like are peeling it back to find like something you don't expect like it's a nice incorporation of horror elements yeah it's just it's done real real well 
for you know for what it is yeah because it can't ever stray too too far yeah like it's never scary in my opinion but like it's definitely like just weirds you out and like creeps you out in different ways that you don't expect yeah definitely want to give it props for that good shit good shit good shit uh (laughs) are you out of things to talk about i'm sort of i'm sort of out of things to talk about uh, the only other thing I would want to talk about would maybe be, like, if you want to, like, call out a favorite vignette, maybe, and talk about it. But if you're not into that idea, we can just kind of wrap it up. It, it's difficult for me to pick out some, uh, like, some of my favorites. But, like, a lot of this game, like, the visuals, I think, are really good overall. But obviously simplistic, and the the details they chose to put in are less, like... I mean, obviously, if you got into the ARG thing, this is probably blasphemy, but I feel like the detail in the game isn't super, like, deep. Like, ex- like it's not exploratory detail. It's just stuff mm-hmm. that adds a little character to the environment. Uh, and I feel like the sound design really picks up tons and tons of slack because between the voice acting, because they have professional, actual voice actors as well as writers for those and the whole concept of the game allows them to sort of couch it in this like really short vignette style mm-hmm. uh, and allows the jokes to be delivered and land better. So I feel like taking all of that into account, one of my favorite, one of my favorite vignettes in the whole thing has to be the summoning a demon one because I love both the characters that are there. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I love all of the, like the unique music that was created for this section, Mm -hmm. both the like hysterical summoning a demon rap and also like the bad, like death metal mixtape thing. Right. And the fact that there's like a, a parody of McDonald's behind you at all times. Uh, one of my, and I like, uh, before I move on from that, uh, one thing I like about that one is it's, though it's, it's got levity the whole time, but the still like the idea that like you're summoning a demon and like the, like the environment and the way like it's portrayed is uncomfortable Mm -hmm. in a way like that I, I liked. Yeah. I don't really have anything deeper to say about that but just to reiterate what we were saying before about how the game's good at making you uncomfortable yeah and it does that thing where it layers sort of that menacing tone over top of jokes like right. just jokes or underneath of jokes or whatever yeah, it's a sandwich. yeah it's it's underneath and then in the middle there's a guy wearing a costume with a price tag on it that says cool, cool night. night yes uh and then the demon hand comes up and crushes everything which is all good <laughs> in that order yeah i think and i think my favorite vignette in terms of how like the entire experience is probably the one the first one with the gang Oh yeah. Uh I I like that there yeah there's like a group of characters and they like are not only reacting to the things you do but they're also like riffing off each other. Like mm-hmm. there's a nice dynamic there. Um and it it feels more like uh like it maybe has more going on or like it's more like of a rounded experience or something yeah, because it's... it's got the characters 
like interacting with each other as well as you. Yeah, it makes it feel more natural. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Yeah, because it, it it does like with the exception of the fact that obviously if you pick up the same thing multiple times, they'll we'll repeat the, the dialogue. Again. But as long as you don't do that, which it doesn't give you like a ton of reason to do it, mm-hmm. uh, then it it really does feel like things interacting in a way that. It might even just kind of, by, you might just bypass it the first time, just not even think about, like, that programmatically that's actually pretty cool the way that everything worked out, even though it's kind of just sound clips being played. Right. They do a good job of masking everything. Yep. Now, that's probably, like, the biggest strength of the game, I think, is it's throwing enough at you constantly that you that you get immersed through that. Right. Even though you're doing like very video gamey puzzles, <laughs> like you kind of, you kind of forget about it because mm-hmm. you've got people yelling at you the whole time. Yeah, it it really kind of does successfully inject like a Rick and Morty episode into a game <laughs> in a way that feels like natural. Which I, the creators of this game are actually behind a VR Rick and Morty game that I feel like just <laughs> looking at it. Like, accounting has something sort of special going for it. Because it's a unique thing. Yeah, and, like, I remember looking at, at the, like, art, like the advertisement for virtual Rickality and being like, that's a hard pass. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I think it maybe... feels I'm, too forced. Yeah, I might be a little bit poisoned on, uh, on licensed stuff growing up in the 2000s, though. Yeah. Do we have those... Final thoughts. I'm trying. I'm trying to do some new things with the it, final thoughts. It looked like you were trying to like emulate like a snake. <laughs> You're just like, I am. A no snake one can hear see what I'm doing uh, through because this is an audio uh, format. Imagine two snakes podcast. <laughs> Imagine one snake podcasting futilely with his tail. We're the Ouroboros <laughs> of podcasts. Um. So I've, I guess my final thoughts would be like, I have not played very many VR games since, uh, the VR is yours and I'm, I'm not buying VR games for it. Uh, I so, have VR. Yeah. So I, I, I've just played a few things that you have, uh, but this is definitely a standout for sure. This is the, like the two games we've talked about, Derecine and this are probably my two favorites with super hot being like right underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's like I was getting at before. This game is genuinely funny in the way that, in a way that not a lot of games are. It's definitely it's experimental, also as I said, which I think is important when the medium is so young that they're like doing weird things and taking chances, and I I think they're successful with a number of things they try. So I'd like to see more things like this with like a strong like direction you know like the, the this game had the rick and morty humor angle and what what's the guy's name uh justin Ryland. yeah like you can clearly feel his influence on it and i i just think that it works really well I don't know if, if Dan Harmon, who's the creator of Rick and Morty, had anything to do with this one, but mm-hmm. I know that I guess there have been sort of some game-related projects going around that office for a while, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's been a hand in it from a lot of people, a lot mm-hmm. of the creative people on that show. Uh, I feel like we talked a lot about sort of the 
like the my final thoughts are going to be largely reiterating on points that we had before. Mm-hmm. So I do sort of just want to mention like one thing that you brought up is that this game is like a standout in VR, and I think that a a part of that is also just entirely in its brevity, like how short the game is. Yeah, even though it has like intentionally inserted these like elements to make the game feel more replayable. Uh, this is going to go down with, like, PT and Home as games that I frequently will just have other people play because it's short and typically you get the reaction that you want from people from it. Yeah, and it's it's wholly unique as well. Yeah. So, yeah, if I'm trying to scare the shit out of somebody, I haven't played PT. If I want to make somebody laugh, I can have them play Counting. Yep. Uh but yeah, that should be. That's about it. I give it a plus plus. Yes. 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 An A plus for accounting plus. plus. <laughs> Thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket. What are we talking about next time? Next time, keeping in theme with Mystery May on the rest of the podcast, on the big podcast, mm-hmm. our little baby podcast, the baby brother of No Clip, <laughs> uh, is going to be talking about Simulacra. Uh, a game about a phone, as I, I'm just going to splice in my awful description <laughs> here. <laughs> it is a, it's like a, a game, it's not a phone game, it's a game f- uh, phone. It's a, f- it's a phone game It's a phone. phonogram. It's a phonogram. It's a game on the, on the PC where you have a phone and it's not your phone. It's a it's somebody else's phone. And that person is missing and you have to find them mm. using the information on their phone. Uh so join us for that next time. Uh until then, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on noclippodcast.com or on splattershot.pro. There you can find our email address, our Twitter, uh, all of our old episodes, a link to our brand new Discord that I've already mentioned in the episode. Ha <laughs> ha! Double <laughs> advertisement. Uh, and, you know, go listen to all that shit. Let us know what you think about it. Let us know what you don't think about it. <laughs> Smash that like button. <laughs> <laughs>